an unsurpassed, penetrating, and perfect dharma is rarely met with, even in a hundred thousand million kalpas, having it to see and listen to, to remember and accept. I vow to taste the truth of the Tathagata's words. Warning. You know, just a couple words. I don't know, Kate, if you had a chance to listen to last week's lecture. I imagine not, since you just got home. I did not. Taking off from where I started, I sent out a, a link, I think, to the, the Song of Zazen, and I used the Waddell translation, and I got his dates. He was born in 1686 and he died in 1769. So the 17th and 18th centuries. And I went and looked because I taught Hawkwind. It turned out it was in uh, 2005, the winter of 2005. And on the cover is this calligraphy, which is called, and by him, and it's called homage to hell the great bodhisattva and i want to remind us of that kind of humor of his humor and teaching because it is often the hell realm where we learn a lot and also that his teaching emphasized what he called post satori practice and his major teacher taught him that because you've had some enlightenment experience, it doesn't mean you stop practicing, that there's something that he called the mind of enlightenment, which for him meant going on practicing, going on sharing the Dharma, going on being useful, going on serving all beings after you've had some great insight, that that's not the end. I reread in the this is a, the the class handout was a, a an excerpt, rather long one, from his uh, Hawkwind spiritual autobiography. the The book is called Wild Ivy, and the the section that I copied for everybody uh, is called Authentic Zen, and it tells about his practice history, I guess you could say, as a student, but it it wasn't about the parts that interest me that he, he really had a great awakening reading the Lotus Sutra. When he read it the first time as a very young monk, he thought, that's just a bunch of stories. What's the big deal? And then when he was 40, he read it again. He probably said that he cried tears of joy because that's what he, it was rather dramatic. He was funny and intense and dramatic. And he started out practicing because he was afraid of burning in hell. So that's enough of that. If you want to read it, we have Wild Ivy in the library. So the Song of Zazen. I got maybe halfway, I don't know if I got halfway through, but we talked about it, but I didn't finish last time. All beings by nature are Buddha, as ice by nature is water. Apart from water, there is no ice. Apart from beings, no Buddha. 
How sad that people ignore the near and search for truth afar, like someone in the midst of water crying out in thirst, like a child of a wealthy home wandering among the poor. Lost on dark paths of ignorance, we, wa we wander through the six worlds, from dark path to dark path. When shall we be freed from birth and death? Oh, the Zazen of the Mahayana, to this the highest praise. Devotion, repentance, training, the many paramitas, all have their source in Zazen. Those who try Zazen even once wipe away the beginningless crimes. Where are all the dark paths then? The pure land itself is near. Those who hear this truth even once and listen with a grateful heart, treasuring it, revering it, gain blessings without end. Much more, those who turn about and bear witness to self-nature, self-nature that is no nature, go far beyond mere doctrine. Here, effect and cause are the same. The way is neither two nor three. With form that is no form, going and coming, we are never astray. With thought that is no thought, singing and dancing are the voice of the law. Boundless and free is the sky of Samadhi, bright the full moon of wisdom. Truly, is anything missing now? Nirvana is right here before our eyes. This very place is the lotus land, this very body, the Buddha. He said last week, it's a, it's a love song to Zazen. The pure land itself is near. Those who hear this truth even once and listen with a grateful heart, treasuring it, revering it, gain, gain blessings without end. And it's listening with a grateful heart. That's key here. You know, he didn't just say, if you hear it, you gain blessings. If you hear it with a grateful heart, if you treasure it, revere it, then you gain blessings without end. But even more than that is those who turn about and bear witness to self-nature. Turn about and bear witness to self-nature. I think that is a reference to this mind of enlightenment that he speaks of, this practicing after understanding no self, the self of no self. Much more are those who turn about and bear witness to self-nature, self-nature that is no nature, go far beyond mere doctrine, go far beyond a mere Kensho experience. Here, effect and cause are the same, the way is neither two nor three. It's interesting because we say not one, not two. He says not two or three. I don't know exactly what if that had meaning particularly for him in that way. Uh, he's pointing at Zazen. This is the song of Zazen, as I said last week. A song is something that goes right to your heart. Effect and cause are the same. The way is neither two nor three. With form that is no form, going and coming, we are never astray. With thought that is no thought, singing and dancing are the voice of the law. Oh, the, what is it? Oh, the Zazen of the Mahayana. Oh, Shikantaza. I don't know if he would have said that, though. He was a, a Rinzai Zen master, and he might have thought of Shikantaza as quietistic practice. 
of which he was quite um, critical. That he liked Dogen a lot, by the way. So you turn about and bear witness that self-nature that is no nature. Effect and cause are the same. I understand that as a reference to the fact that is, is. And yes, everything arises from causes and conditions, but my experience right now is just this, whatever it is. And it's affecting me and it arises out of causes, but my experience is this. And my job is to respond to it. And also, Zazen, when you sit Zazen wholeheartedly, Zazen is both the effect and the cause, right at the same time, right? Zazen is caused by your practice and your karmic fruits. It is a karmic fruit of all the karmic causes and effects that go into this moment. They're the cause, they're also the effect. And the way, with a capital W, he says neither two nor three. In other words, there's no, there's no separating it, really, and certainly not in Sazen. Form that is no form, going in, coming, we're never astray. With thought that is no thought, singing and dancing are the voice of the law. Singing and dancing are the voice of the law. I don't know what I need to say about that. You sing a song. And you dance. Luckily, we're not a practice that outlaws singing and dancing. There's a, there's a lightness to it. There's a joy to it. Even when, I, I think I mentioned at the end last week, even when the uh, whatever is going on right now is, is, is crying, is grief or anger. There's still a lightness to it. You don't find yourself in it. You're not, that doesn't define who you are. There's a fierce kind of joy. And a mind of hmm, inquiry, investigation, wondering, a mind of wondering. I say, don't often, you know, live in this relative world with the mind of enlightenment, the mind of emptiness, with thought that is no thought, non-thinking, with non-thinking, singing and dancing are the voice of the law. You may be dancing with despair, but you're still dancing. I just want to say, do you see? Do you see? If we were all together, we could be dancing. But we're, some of us are online. Thought that is no thought. Thought that is non-thinking. It just goes on. And I'm still dancing. I don't know how if we can do this online. We can, we can try. This is something that that I learned. Like if you're if you're leading a, a retreat or something, or a workshop, you, may, you start out with something physical. And one thing is you stand in a circle, and 
I do some gesture. And then the person to my left repeats my gesture and does some other gesture. And then it, it goes around the circle like that. The thing is, when you're, when you're standing in a circle, it might um, that somebody stands up and twirls around or falls down or, you know, they're big movements. We can't do big movements because it's just hard to capture it. But we can do it with small movements. It'll be Kate, then Liam, then me, then Kate again. We're going to go around twice so that everybody has a chance to be on both sides of it. Okay? So, you, I mean, you can do this, you can do this, you can do any, anything. But just a big enough movement and a clear enough movement that we can see do jazz hands. I just learned what jazz hands were. So, okay, so you start. start. I start. You do that. You do something. Okay. And then, Liam, you do that. And then you do something else. And I'll copy you. And then I'll. <laughs> okay. You, you are. Should do, okay. You should. You're you're freezing in and out. Are we frozen? Am I frozen? What you should do? Don't start another round, but but you copy Zach so that so that it's complete. Uh, okay. Did you do I think you. Will you do your last movement? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Singing and dancing. Or the voice of the law. That's a capital L law, Dharma. <laughs> Boundless and free is the sky of Samadhi. Bright, the full moon of wisdom. Truly, is anything missing now? Nirvana is right here before our eyes. This very place is the lotus land. This very body, the Buddha. Is anything missing now? Years and years ago, I was at Tassahara. Galen Godwin was at Tassahara. And I think she may have been the work leader or something. I don't remember exactly. At any rate, for some reason, the, the question came up if, uh, if she needed something, like, you know, did she need some people assigned to some job, you know, to help her in her whatever responsibilities were? Well, she was the shika. She was the guest manager and she was in charge of all the cabins and all. Anyway, she was asked if she needed anything. And she said, she said, no, I have everything I need. And the whole place broke up because that's a classic. It's a Zen boast. If you say that about yourself, you understand, I have everything I need. Truly, is anything missing now? And she just meant that she didn't need any workers. But the way she phrased it, and she didn't, she didn't, she wasn't trying to make a joke, but it was very funny. And I, I still remember it. Truly, is anything missing now? Something's always missing. And there are times when we're sitting zazen, when uh, there isn't anything missing. It's just sitting. What is that line? Is it in Fukan Sozengi? 
or the Genjo Kohan. Da -da 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 -da, you know that something is missing. At any rate, there's some sense in our life that something is missing because we can't live our lives in emptiness. We can't live our lives in oneness. We can sit in there, but eventually you get up. There's think not thinking, there's non-thinking. But then you have to talk. You have to make choices. One continuous mistake, right? Every time you open your mouth. But in Sazen, wholehearted Sazen, even the, the so-called lousy kind where there's not lots and lots of thinking and you're just coming back and coming back and coming back. Nothing's missing. Nirvana is right here. In the middle of samsara, this is it. Sorry. It's right here before our eyes. This very place is a lotus land. All beings by nature are Buddha. As ice by nature is water. Apart from water, there's no ice. Apart from beings, no Buddha. That's how he starts. And he comes back. This very place is the lotus land. This very body, the Buddha. And that's Zazen. It all arises from Zazen. He emphasizes that at the towards the beginning, the Zazen of the Mahayana. Devotion, repentance, training, the many paramitas all have their source in Zazen. If they don't grow, arise out of Zazen, then they're just performative. I was reading uh, this morning, uh, looking for uh, I'm looking for something to chant uh, at our service when this, during the sashin about the sewing and Raksu. And uh, there were a bunch of quotes in uh, Gene Selkirk's little booklet about the Raksu, a bunch of quotes about how if, if you don't wear it, with the uh, understanding of it as a practice, then it's just another piece of cloth. And if you are kokyo, and you're just saying some words, if it doesn't arise out of your gut, out of your zazen, it doesn't mean very much. This very body is the Buddha. This very place is the lotus land. Nirvana is right here. Years and years ago, when I was in my first practice period at Green Gulch, it was in Doksan, and Reb said to me something like, uh, I don't remember exactly, but he said enlightenment, something about enlightenment being very close or something. And I thought he was talking about me, that um, I was very close to Kensho or something. And uh, so I go back to my cushion, and I'm I'm all excited, and I'm striving after it, and I and and I tortured myself like that for a little while, and then the next time I saw him, I said, you know, I don't know if that was helpful. You're telling me that I was close to enlightenment because then I started pushing for it, and he was very nice. He didn't he didn't laugh 
at me. But he explained to me that he didn't mean that I was particularly, it was that just, he just meant that. Um, it was right here. It was near. But it wasn't, it wasn't imminent necessarily. It's a little turn, something happens, a little turn. And your experience of the world changes. The grip loosens. So do you have anything that you want to say about this or further thoughts from last week or anything? Or questions? I don't have any thoughts from last week because I wasn't here, but I'm looking forward to listening to that. But there was something at the beginning of the poem when you were reading, and it reflects back to what you were just talking about, about it being near. Uh, and, and in the poem, I think it was, so, oh, those poor people who don't notice <laughs> something like that. It's, it's right here. And I've been very aware and very grateful lately of it's right here <laughs> whatever it is i mean i just came back from a week in the southwest where we're hiking through these amazing canyons and we got to see this place that george o'keefe painted called the white place and now it's it's a bit of an ordeal to get there because there's a mosque out there actually and on the pro they bought the property and now you have to get a code and go through the gate and promise everyone you're not going to do a million different things but it's always been easier for me in those places of natural splendor to feel the nearness and then you go back to your room and sit out on the porch and the mosquitoes are there <laughs> And, <laughs> and, and the mosquitoes are there and the crickets are calling and you're out in, I mean, Abiquiu is pretty far away from city lights. So the sky is filled with stars and then the mosquitoes are there, <laughs> but it's, I've just been feeling very grateful lately for my experience in all those places and then we you know my friend didn't feel good not everything goes well all the time and i think what has happened for me in my practice is that i don't get so tossed away when things don't go my way there's a little bit more ease and i'm not trying so hard to make everything okay for everyone all the time. <laughs> so that's a grace, I guess. And and I look forward, I, I, I might have been there when we studied Hakuan in 2005, because it's, and, and I look forward to going back and rereading that stuff, so thank you. I think you probably were hearing cicadas. Is that right, not crickets? Maybe. They I, never stop. 
<laughs> well, luckily we were staying in an adobe, so the walls were really thick. <laughs> Once you went inside, it was quiet. That's that's nice. I, mean, I just remember hearing them in, in Sedona, and it was unbelievably loud, and and it didn't ever stop. And it was, I mean, crickets I find pleasant, and cicadas a little. I mean, it would be a challenge to my practice. <laughs> well, this wasn't. They they were softer, so I don't know that they were cicadas. Okay, they they might have been crickets. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure. They weren't. Yeah, it was very pleasant one night. I went and sat outside, and and uh, the frogs were. There was a frog chorus and a layer of cricket chorus, and oh. yeah, it was great. It was really great. My turn. Yeah. Hearing the song today made me think of these conversations I have with myself once in a while, which is, what is Zen? And why do I practice Zen? And why did I start? And first of all, I was, I think I was attracted to it as kind of a spiritual practice that isn't, doesn't have all the baggage of other religions. <laughs> but I think I was probably on a dark path. And really, I'm attracted to the idea of instead of going to dusty realms to find um, a solution that it's all right here and just have to uncover it, which I think is, if not the reason to sit is one of them is to uncover and back to what is in I I find myself coming back to your saying, which is sit down, shut up, and pay attention. <laughs> and that's very satisfying answer, I think. And I think that's what Huckwin's talking about, too. So I'm thankful that I stopped by that one Saturday. I didn't have anything in particular. I, I always enjoy Huckwin. I was thinking that line, uh, singing and dancing, I kind of think of it as like, that's what we're doing right now is we're singing and dancing, not as special. <laughs> but yeah, and I remember when we studied Hawkwind. Okay. I just wanted to say, I'm really glad that Liam said what he just said, because yeah, this is singing and dancing. And I got in really late last night. I wasn't in bed until after two, and I slept a little later than usual. And I thought, oh, but I wanted to be here. I mean, it would have been easy not to be here today, but I wanted to be here. And that practice has, uh, I don't know, giving me a, a different way of being. I'm being a little inarticulate right now because I think I'm tired, but it just really struck me that singing and dancing doesn't have to be singing and dancing. <laughs> what I was thinking is that it's a great antidote to cynicism, which it's very easy for me to fall into being cynical. I've often thought that cynical people are afraid it's, it's, it's too scary to 
open your heart and be um, uncool. So I don't know. And uh, yes, this is uh, this is uh, singing and dancing. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it.